Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Let's look at Genesis 4 and 3. I think I got, yeah, it was the Amplified Classic we used. What is the principle? I'm going to teach first fruit the next couple weeks. What is the principle, this first fruit? What are you talking about? Take a first fruit offering. Okay? Okay. Now let me explain to you how this all happened. God came to Cain and said about an offering. Okay? It says this. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. That is not what God asked for, though. He wanted a sacrifice of blood. And Abel brought the firstborn of the flock. That's exactly what you were supposed to bring. An animal sacrifice. Because without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin. So God wanted the offering he wanted. Now this is important. The Lord had respect regarding Abel and his offering. But Cain and his offering, he had no respect. So that means God doesn't just take what you bring him. Okay? So you can say, well, I'm just going to give God what I want to give God. You better be careful with that kind of terminology because God wants you to bring him what he specifically tells you to bring. That is why it's important for you to pray and ask God, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at? It's very important because this principle of the first fruit is all about honoring God and putting him first in everything you do. God basically has already laid claim to the first of everything that's in your life. It's the truth, man. The firstborn child. So the way God looked at it. The first of the harvest. The first of your seed. The first of everything. God still claims first. Not to mean nobody's better than anybody, but I want you to understand this. God wants it. So Abel, Abel did what in verse 4? He brought, he brought what God asked for, but Cain didn't. Right? Now watch this. Abel brought the firstborn. God received it. Look at the next verse. For Cain. He said, but Cain in his offering, he had no respect or regard. So he, did, he rejected it. So Cain got mad about it. And he what? He got sad. He got depressed. He got angry. He got jacked up. Now look what it says. It says this in verse 7. Oh, yeah, 6. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look depressed? And why are you dejected? That's some of you out there. You're in life right now and you're, you're angry and you're, you're dejected, and some of you are depressed, and I don't, I'm not taking that like rudely, but the reason why is all those things are birthed out of not following the instruction. We have to find the instruction, because until you find the instruction, you will not find the results, okay? So what does God say about the matter? You're going to get burnt out if not. You get, you get hurt, you know, you get all these messed up stuff. Look what he says. He said this. Now watch verse 7, because verse 7 seals it. If you did well... Would you not be accepted? He's saying, if you brought me what I told you to bring you, you wouldn't be in this position right now. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. You see that? So here's the way it went. Real simple, real easy. Okay? God comes to him and said, hey, Cain, Abel, this is what you bring me for an offering when you come into the land. Bring me an animal sacrifice. Okay, he knows how it works. Abel goes, no problem. I'll bring him, he brought the first of the flock. He didn't bring no junkie offering. 
He didn't be bring, bring a busted, broke offering. He brought the best. He went and found the best of the best and brought it to God. Right? Cain's like, hey, I'll bring you something from my garden. That is not what he asked for. So who's at fault here? Was it God? Was it God's problem? No, it was Cain's problem because he did not follow the instruction. It's not, listen, it's not that we're doing something wrong sometimes, but we're not doing enough of what is right. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you're, you're, you're giving, but you might not be giving what God said. You're doing, but you might not be doing what God said. You're going to church, but you're not doing what God's asking you to do in church. You see what I'm saying? So what is this first fruit thing all about? Okay? Because there's an offering involved of everything. And the offering is your life. It's not just your money. It's your time. Some of you are going to go, for 21 days, I'm going to give God a half hour that I didn't give him. That's your life currency. Okay? So let me explain it from the financial standpoint. Let me explain it in a natural standpoint. Let me explain it in every standpoint. The, you're going to hear this a lot. But this is the best I've seen. The first fruit offering is a free will offering separate from an addition and in addition to the tithe. So this is like, man, I'm going to keep tithing and do my thing, but this is a free will offering beyond my tithe. This is an offering. This ain't tithing. In the Old Testament, this was the offering that God required to be given to him from the earliest riping produce, the first fruit. That's what he was, from the, he was saying. Give me the first fruit, right? Why? Sow it. Or any grain or any fruit harvest. He also required the first male born of the womb, whether human or livestock, to be dedicated to him. This is Old Testament, but it's true. You understand what I'm saying, right? The first fruit was given before the entire harvest was taken. Now, this is huge. The first fruit was given before the entire harvest was taken as a deposit or a down payment guaranteeing God's blessing upon the rest of the harvest. So this is what they would do. The first fruit, right? So you got this field, this vast field. They would say, okay, we haven't, we haven't harvested all. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the best part of the field and take a percentage of that portion and give it to God now before we go bring the tractors in. You know what I'm saying? So here's what he's saying. So it was the anticipated blessing to come. It wasn't like they took it all and then they went and said, okay, here's the best of what we got. Here you go, God. No, they went in there and they took the best of what God had and then got it and gave it to God. You see what I'm saying? For an expected harvest. So what I do this year is I go like this. I go, God, this is where I want to be. And I feel it, and I pray it, and I leave it. And what happens is God, God's either going to go yay or nay. Now, I'm going to say something here. This, this is not loaded nor rigged. God has never told you not to sow. <laughs> the question is not what, what to sow. The question is where's your faith going to get you? Does that make sense? If you got million-dollar faith, God ain't scared. You know what I'm saying? But don't go out beyond what you think you could basically, you know, like, man, I'm, I'm going to give God a million bucks. All right, chill out, bro. You know what I mean? Just chill. You know, because some of you pledge, and when you get in this pledging business, I don't pledge and not come through. So it's very, very important 
that you, that you focus on this and go, okay, let me hear from heaven. But you're getting, you're getting the, the, the idea. It's, it's the, the harvest was taken before the whole field as a deposit or payment. This is big. A down payment guaranteeing God's blessing upon the rest of the harvest. So, man, that is like the power to get wealth is in your hand. So they would go to the field. So imagine if we had like, I don't know, I just, uh, I just saw the corn all over the place, right? Um, not too long ago. And it's like going, okay, where's the best corn? And they say we got a football field of corn. Just visualize this, right? And we look at it and go, where's the best? And the guys that know this stuff go, hey, man, section, you know, the 50-yard line middle section is the best. They say, all right, go get it. And they would cut it down. And they would give it to God as a sacrifice. Then when they would go back for harvest, they would get the greatest yield. So God's like, look, this is the, the before the harvesting, we're sowing the first fruit. How's it different from your tithe? Well, you know, 10% of your gross income is your tithe. That's easy. That's simple, right? First fruit is a free will of it. Malachi 3.8, look. You can put it in King James, right? You don't understand all this stuff. It's very, very important. Malachi 3.8. So once you get that figured out, ooh, come on, somebody. Malachi 3.8, you understand that what? I understand this is my first fruit. So check this out. Will a man rob God? Yeah. You rob me. You say, where do you rob me? You rob me in what? Tithes and offerings. So you don't want to get in that window where like I'm holding back what God wants me to give. So why? God calls it robbery. Well, can I ask you a question? What is robbery in the earth right now today? Taking something that does not belong to you. Did you get that? Did you get that? If I go in your house and take your money out of your house, that's robbery. Why would God say, you robbed me? Because the tithe doesn't belong to you, it's God's. And every time you eat your tithe, you're robbing God. And I don't want to be the guy robbing God. Come on, somebody. Now you say, well, I don't believe that. You believe in the virgin birth? You believe in raised from the dead? You believe in part of Red Sea? I cannot understand people, man. When it comes to money, they're like, well, I'm going to cut that page out of the book. You better cut it out. Don't cut it out. You better cut it out. No, nah, man, you better change your mind. How, come on, everything we do. How, I told somebody the other day, Adam and Eve, how did two people, Adam and Eve, have the world's population without something going wacky, without it being a miracle. Are you here? Are you here, man? Mary, the virgin, an angel comes and says, you're going to be bearing the Messiah? It's a miracle, bro. It's a miracle. Like I said, blind eyes, deaf ears, part of sea, the water with the rock, manna out the sky. You got to have faith for the whole book. I do not understand people how they can have, they say, well, you know, I got, I, you could have faith for all this, but you can't have faith when it comes to tithing, giving, first fruits. 
come on, man. Stop. He said, you robbed me. Well, how did I rob God? Well, the only way to rob somebody is if you took something that doesn't belong to you. Thank you. That made it simple, Pastor Chris. So the tithe doesn't belong to me. No. Well, the world don't live by that system. Look, dude, I'm not staying in this earth forever. I'm going to go to, bro, let me tell you what the earth is. It's a test for you to see what you're going to get for heaven. And I'm spending eternity with God. I'm not, let me tell you something right here now. This is the greatest revelation you can get at this house. It, this, I'm going to say this is going to sound so bad, I can care less. It's the truth for you to get it. This could all be a waste of time in the earth. And I guarantee you this. There is people that walk the earth tithing and, and giving and live their life in the earth, maybe almost somewhat broke. Okay? But I'm going to tell you right here now. I guarantee you, when we go to heaven, because I don't know how everybody does it. You know, not everybody's a billionaire. Not everybody's a millionaire. Wake up. I guarantee you, some of these people will step over into heaven. They might not have seen every reward in the earth because the way they believe. But I promise you this. There is not a dime that they gave to God that God did not write back down in their book of remembrance. And they got to heaven and they were more. What did he say? Lay up your storehouse in heaven. He's saying, we got a bank account in heaven where moth and rust does not come in and corrupt, nor thieves break in and steal. Woo! They're going to get to heaven, and they're going to be living in, in God knows what kind of mansion and ruling and reigning because the heaven's coming to the earth, and we're going to be alive. You don't ever die. Some of you are going to be lazy in the earth and look broke in heaven, whatever broken heaven looks like. I don't know. I guess you got like a half a mansion or something. You get what I'm saying? Like there's nothing you do in the earth that's not affecting your heavenly position. You might not see every prayer. You might not see every seed. But I promise you this, you're going to see it soon. Hebrews even tells you they died with promises, guys. Come on, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, don't get lost in this thing. It is for you. What does it mean today? For us, the first fruit is a yearly event where we give God an offering based on what we're believing our financial harvest to be. Now, this is more than money, man, because I want your time. And your time is more valuable than your money. Well, Pastor Chris, what do you want? I want you in a prayer group. I'm going to say this. Let me finish this point, and then I'll tell you what I'm looking at. First fruit offering, what is it? It's a yearly event where we give God an offering based on what we are believing, okay? It, first fruit offering is a yearly event where we give God an offering based on what we're believing our financial harvest to be. We offer God a first fruit for two reasons. It acknowledges God as the owner of all that we own. It shows God, everything I got is yours and nothing is mine. And it is given as a deposit or the down payment guaranteeing God's blessing upon the rest of our financial harvest for the next year. So 2023 financial harvest is going to be locked in because we give our first fruit. I don't have to wonder what's going to happen. I'm going to sow so strong in the beginning that the year's got to give me what I want. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think it's very strategic because we do not know what the economic future of the world looks like. So you better get ahead of this mess because, man, and I'm going to tell you right now, 
they thought I was kidding a couple weeks ago. I said, I don't really care if DoorDash has to show up every day at my house. I'm going to eat. And I ain't going to be one of these people sticking my head in the ground, figuring out how I'm going to, you know, oh, what are we going to do? I ain't worried about it. I don't care. You know, what are they going to do if all the natural supplies run out? Find that rock what water comes out of. What? Yeah, miracle provisions of God. He might not have quail falling out the sky. I don't even know where you get quail. But I'm going to tell you what, DoorDash will show up at your house. And when it does, don't get shocked. How'd that happen? I don't really know, and I don't really care. Because Jesus said, i never seen the righteous forsaken. i never seen his seed begging for bread. So I'm not about to. And I'm not some wacky alarmist that's going to go build some silo and go hide in a barn somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I ain't doing that. Well, Pastor Chris, what if it gets bad? Put me in a penthouse somewhere, God. I don't know what you're going to do. Now, some of you think that's arrogance. It's not arrogance. I'm not going to go sit in the middle of some farm out there with no electricity. Nothing wrong with that, but you, you got your faith. I got mine. Come on, man. God, this is good. I'm not living like this. Redemption draws nigh. I understand, you know what I mean? It might get rough, but I'm, I'm rough. What's rough? Come on. We got to understand, we don't live with goats and chickens, most of us. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? Slaughter, slaughter. Come on, man. Publix will be dropping off groceries. You won't know how. Come on, man. I'm being serious. You got to build your faith like that. You know, y'all laughed when I was like, hey, guys, believe, build your faith for divine health. Build your faith for divine health. You had COVID and everybody, we're living in a third world country, the whole world. Like, oh, my God, if you get this, you might die. And then I'm like, it's going to take faith to walk out the door now, boys and girls. I've been telling you this stuff. I've been preparing you for this stuff. Pestilence, disease. I prophesied the march when it showed up. I said, this thing cannot affect. This thing cannot affect the us, where we're going. Cannot. It took people out. Destroyed the church. Wrecked people's financial future. It's demonic. The devil. Okay? This is important, man. First fruit offering, it reflects my expected financial harvest that I'm believing for. Okay? That's big. Now, I want you to see this. He said the first fruit is holy. So whatever is connected to it is holy. But this is what I want you to do. Look in the Passion Translation, Hebrews 4.16. It's big. So what is this year about? It's about drawing near to God. Now, you say, well, God lives in me. Yeah, but you got to get conscious of God and draw nigh. Draw nigh. Draw nigh. Hebrews 4, 16, passion. Let us then fearlessly and what? Confidently. Woo. Now we come freely and boldly. I like that. Now we come what? Freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. To receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time. Look at it. Look at that. Look at that. Ain't that good? Of weakness. Woo! Ain't that good news? Draw near to the throne of grace. Ain't that good? Look what it says in Hebrews 10.22. You can go there. Stay right there. Passion. Let us all what? Draw near. Whoa. There you go. You're going to draw near. You got to get near God. We come close to closer to God and approach him, shoot him, with an open heart. 
fully convinced that nothing will keep a distance, nothing will keep us at a distance from him, for our hearts have been what? Look at this. Sprinkled with the blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from any accusing conscience. Now we're clean, unstained, and what? Presentable to God. Ain't that good? Draw near to God. Now, what's that mean? God didn't leave, but you got to get closer. That's, that's James 4.8. Look at James 4.8. King James is great for that one, right? You, got, you have to get closer to God. God lives in you. God hasn't moved away. God hasn't gone anywhere, but you got to get closer to God. Does that make sense? It's like God didn't leave. God's there, but you got to come near and you got to get focused. And once you get focused, things start changing. My God in heaven. Hallelujah. You got to get closer to who? God. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Woo! And do what? Purify your hearts, double-minded. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. See that? Come closer. Does that make sense? So now, here's the question of all questions. Well, what, how do I, what, well, God lives in me. Yeah, but are you conscious of him? Oh, okay. So what are we asking for? So write this down. Say, Pastor Chris, this is just about giving? No. Here's the first fruit principle. I want more word time from you. How often are you reading the Bible? Here we go now. Now I start meddling. How often are you reading the Bible? Man, I ain't read the Bible in a minute. Okay, that's okay. Chill. Well, you know, I read the Bible five minutes a day. Great. I'm not, I'm, this is not, there is no merit found in what you're doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not goofy church works. Please understand me. Well, you want me to read the Bible so God accepts me? You're already righteous. You're already accepted. And you don't have to do none of this stuff. You're going to heaven. Okay? But don't you want to have a better relationship of consciousness with God? Not position. I'm more aware of God. I'm better at led by the Spirit. I do. So here's what I say. Okay? 21 days. I built the app for you for this. I'm on the Chris Sarno ministry app. I'm on the Chris Sarno ministry app and the relevant church app are going to merge for 21 days. Me and Pastor Liz are going to come and give you content. You re today, I gave these guys today when we're shooting film, right now, today, I'm just going to look at the app, right? Because the app is going to be merged. Go to Chris Sarno Ministries dot, go to Chris app, whatever, what do you call it? I'm, I'm a goofy. Go to Chris Sarno Ministries in your app store. Google, Android, every platform. Just go to Chris Sarno, S-A-R-N-O Ministries. Type it in, it's going to show up. Click it and click the notification. You're going to get daily motivation, okay? Today, not trying to be weird, all right? Today's Today's scripture, okay, was literally probably Ephesians, there were seven verses, okay? Seven scriptures you read that are informative, not you're reading the book or whatever and, you know, you're not learning anything. There were seven informative scriptures about understanding who you are in Christ. I gave you the thought of the day, the meditative moment. Now, the thought of the day is just to spur you to keep thinking about it. And then I give you the confession. So I read seven scriptures, 
I meditated for a moment in the thought, like today was like, hey, you got the power to do everything. Isn't that good to be reminded? You got the power to do everything God said you can do. Don't you need to be reminded of that? And the confession is, Holy Spirit, guide me. So now, look at this. You got seven, this is five days a week, okay? Seven scriptures a day, ballpark, usually around there, sometimes less or more, right? Seven scriptures a day, thought, provoking, meditating, confession. So let's just do this for five days. 35 scriptures that mean something to your future, right? Five meditative moments, consciousness of God. Five confessions of who you are in Christ, what you can become and what you can have. Okay, that's cute. I come back at noon, I pray in the Spirit with you. Five minutes of teaching and praying in the Holy Ghost. If you just do the app every day, Monday through Friday, I guarantee you, you're going to be breaking spiritual records in your spiritual life. You prayed in tongues. You got teaching about how important it is. You read the word, you meditated in the word, you confessed the word, and you basically been encouraged. What else you got to do? Now you say, Pastor Chris, I read the one-year Bible. That's phenomenal, but most people don't. So give God something that draws nigh. Drawing near to God is drawing nigh to the word. Okay, I don't like your app. Wonderful. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. I don't want to pray with you, Pastor. Oh, great. Wonderful. Pray 10, 15 minutes a day. Take a walk. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you got to do to draw it closer, but these are the 21 days you're going to do it. Well, you know, I'm just not happy with my... Well, you got to do something different because unless you do something different... Now, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. No, insanity is trying to get God's results in God's life and God's lifestyle without using the principles he gave you. That's insanity. Because you're at, you, insanity is when things are out of order and you expect to get right results. And you ain't going to get them from the kingdom and you ain't going to get them from the earth. But I promise you today, if you do what I'm telling you to do, you are going to change your future. So what do I need? Today, right, we're almost in, this weekend, January is here, man. Right? We got New Year's Eve service, 7 o'clock here in the church, and then we're coming right back New Year's Day because that's just how it fell. So New Year's Eve, I'm going to be projecting where we're going. I'm going to be talking along these lines. God's dropped in my heart where I really feel this, the body we're in, we're going to be looking at. And then New Year's Day, we're going to be here. But then guess what? We're going to have that next week. That's why I'm coming back to you. And then I got one more Wednesday, and I'm going to talk about it again. And then we're in it. That Sunday, I think it's the 8th or something like that. Something like that, whatever. I think I'm almost positive. It's the 8th, right? Here we are, 8th through the 29th. I know the math there. It's 21 days. You're in. So if you don't start asking now, God, show me what you want me to do. Show me what you want. I mean, I got people, they sacrifice their phone. You waste so much time on this stupid phone. It's unbelievable. The other day, I was just sitting here going like this, bored out of my mind. I was sitting somewhere, and I go, dude, I just wasted a half hour of my life on the stupidest stuff in the world because I was sitting somewhere. I, it just happened, right? I'm sitting somewhere. I think I was at the dentist with the kid or something. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like this. I'm like, oh, let me see what this is, you know? And I'm here. And I look down, and I go, 
I wasted a half hour. Looked, I, 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 wasted, I didn't do anything. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know how many scriptures I could have read in a half hour? You know how many, you know how many highlights I could have had? Now, look, I'm not saying I'm going to do this all day long. What if I start giving God a half hour a day? I never gave him. Guys, it's time management. Come on. This is what I'm saying. I got to, you know what, Pastor Chris, you're right. When's, okay, so here, when's the last time you prayed in the Holy Ghost more than 10 minutes? I'm not asking, I'm not throwing rocks. This is me sparking you to change. Uh, when's the last time you read your Bible more than 10, 15 minutes? When's the last time you got some good teaching and just sat there? And when's the last time you confessed the Word of God? When's the last time you went to a prayer meeting? When's the last time? How's your church attendance looking? Well, I don't have to go to church. I understand that. But listen, if you've been coming to church and you stopped coming to church because you just stopped coming to church, go back to church. This is what I'm saying. Draw near. You ever, look, married couples, families, everybody. Have you ever been like this? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You ever been close and then distance occurs and you go, well, we used to be doing this. We used to be, what happened? We all get busy. Well, you have to become conscious about spending time. A family, right? Uh, my family. One's playing football. One was doing dance. One was going over here. One was going over there. This one was doing this. This one was doing that. All of a sudden, I, I, we were like all over the place. I was like, and one time I remember we didn't sit down to eat for like, it was on the go. Everything was on the go. It was like flying. And I was like, I don't know if we sat down and ate dinner together in a week, two weeks. It was like wild. It was moving. And you go, wow. And then everybody in the house, what? Has to get intentional and conscious about spending time together. Otherwise, we get distant and we get, what do you think happens with God, even though he's living in you? Too busy. 21 days, we're going to slow it down. For 21 days, I really try to subject, what do you do, Pastor Chris? You know what I'll do? I'll talk to you about what I do if you want. Maybe next week, I just, I shut it down. I ain't in the movies. I'm not out, I'm not out eating. If I go anywhere uh, extra uh, during that fast, it's usually because I have to. I got to travel a little bit through it because I'm going preaching. So I've already planned in my mind, like, I know that day I have, to, I, have to, I have social engagements I have to do, okay? But I told them all. I said, they know. Hey, man, we're fasting. This is where I'm at. I'm going because of the fast. You know, so I'm like, okay, they understand the deal. I'm not, like, out doing this, doing that, a little bit of stuff. I really try to tuck in my time because my time is the most valuable thing. You say, Pastor Chris, what do you mean? You ain't going to watch TV? I'll watch TV, but you get what I'm saying. I'm not going to go out of my way to go do something that's taking time for what I'm trying to do. I'm very focused on, 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 on breaking limitations inside of me. It's not doing anything for God. It's not some goody-goody thing. I'm not going to get rewarded because I fast. I'm not going to get anything. I just want to get clear and conscious about where I'm going because, look, you only got so many years on the earth. I do not want to turn around and be 90 years old and look back and only see regret. I'm not doing it, man. If it takes to pay the price now, you say, Pastor Chris, you think you really got to do this? Yes. Because I know we become dull. It's like a dull knife, man. You got to get your edge back. And the only way to get your edge back is you got to sharpen it on that stone. I promise you, if you force yourself to think these thoughts, you're going to make the decisions to change your world. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that as we are on the, we are on the verge of a new year, this weekend we'll be in the new year. Thank you, Father, for anointing us this, this Saturday and Sunday, New Year's Day, for the service, for the families that are coming, for the word that's being released. 
and for the impartation of the Holy Ghost. And Father, I thank you for the, I thank you for not just that, but I thank you for this 21 days of transformation. Thank you, Lord, that the people are hearing your voice and they are applying their life to supernaturally succeed. Thank you for transformation 2023. Start speaking to this body now about what they're going to, what they're going to sow, what they're going to surrender, what they're going to challenge themselves in, what they're going to join nigh with. And Father, I thank you that as we walk in the subjection of some of the flesh, you're going to fill us with the glory of God. It's going to be the year the metamorphosis is going to take place in some of their lives. And I know, Father, you're going to lead them and guide them to breakthrough. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. I love you guys. God bless you. I'm going to see you. Don't forget, we got some announcements I know about Saturday night and Sunday morning. They're coming up. I want to see you in the house. We're getting ready to make it the best year of your life. I love you. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.